Hey, welcome back to the Daily Outdoor Podcast. This is Nick from 50 Campfires. So Clint and myself have had the opportunity to meet all sorts of people all over the country as we've traveled around camping and kind of making our way. Well, last summer we had the opportunity to meet a guy named Owen Rock Campbell who worked for Darn Tough Socks out of Vermont. And his claim to fame is that he hiked the entire Appalachian Trail in just four months. We thought his story was so interesting that it was worthwhile telling all over again for this special episode of The Daily Outdoor. Hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? It is Nick from 50 Campfires. And Clint from 50 Campfires. You guys are in for a very special guest. We shot a little note out this morning on our page. I'm always here. I'm not a special guest. There's nothing special about you. I hey, hate to say that out loud that to is everybody. Not, that is not true. It's not Jeff, very nice. Jeff was just telling me this morning how special he thinks I am. I think that's weird Except if you he guys used, hang- He used air quotes. <laughs> I was like, that's, oh. that's weird if Jeff just randomly tells you you're special at work. I don't know about that. I, that's actually why I keep him around. He tells me that every <laughs> morning. Camera Jeff, it's weird. Starts my day in a good way, and I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> All right, good start to the show. <laughs> we do have a special guest today. Uh, if a you're guest? a guest, if you are just popping on. So, uh, as you guys know, we are big fans of Darn Tough socks and the Darn Tough brand. We know some of those folks. Absolutely Never heard of her. Fantastic. <laughs> you love <laughs> that joke. Absolutely, I hate that joke. Absolutely fantastic company, Darn Tough. And when we were on a field trip last year, they took us out to dinner. Pretty swanky, delicious place. And we ended up hanging out with, there was maybe six, seven of them there. There was a posse. There was a posse. And a fella by the name of Owen. Rock Campbell? Rock Campbell. I'm still getting that last name down. (laughs) uh, Was present. Absolutely fascinating guy. And he hiked the entire A. Appalachian Trail in four months. How long? Four months. It's I can. Of, I can have a breakneck pace. I can barely clean my house in four months. <laughs> so we'd like to introduce you to Owen. Owen, you are live with us here. How are you today? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? Uh, we think so. You sound great. Oh, you sound thank better you than so we much. do. Dr. Bill will come running over here frantically shortly if it's not uh, working <laughs> out, but we can hear you just fine. Yes. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, and like we said, we met you when we were out in Vermont this yeah. was it last summer, fall, fall. I don't know. Um, border, border up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a fringe season. We met you during a fringe season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And uh, one of the things that we thought was so amazing about you and your story was that not only do you work for a really cool company, but they let you have time off to go out and hike the Appalachian Trail because it was. Was it one of your dreams or how did you end up on the, on the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, so um, it's something I've really been, had been thinking about and knowing I wanted to do. It was a plan of mine for six or seven years. And I came to work for Darn Tough and I love it here. And then when I kind of had an end of the year review in 2016, I said, hey, I want to talk about maybe taking some time off down the line. And my boss was really supportive. And he says, well, how about you leave in March and then come back? And so, hey, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. It's crazy. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> this is the, Owen is living a dream that you could only fantasize about. I'm happy living vicariously through Owen. You might be able to get an extra hour off on Friday, but there's no way that you are going to hike <laughs> To hike that. around the park across the street? No, that's correct. 
All so right. six or seven years is a very long time to, uh, to think about this. Uh, how long? So we have, I have a whole bunch of questions we're interested in. And also, if you're just joining us, we're, only, we're uh, interviewing Owen Rock Campbell from Darn Tough about the Appalachian Trail. If you have any hiking questions or questions about the Appalachian Trail in general, please ask. And we'll go ahead and highlight those on the screen. Or questions on how to convince your boss to give you four to months off. To give you off. four months off. He's oh, the yeah. ultimate negotiator. So maybe this... <laughs> We might turn this into negotiating one-on-one with Owen. So uh, one question I have here is some of them are kind of leading up to the hike. How did you physically prepare to average 18-ish miles a day? And also, just so you know, Owen, we've got, we've got questions coming in from the audience. So I'll, I'm not going to stop that question, but we will be acknowledging some of the questions coming in. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, do I, how did I prep? Um, it's very hard. When you're leaving, I, I did the trail northbound. So I started in Georgia in the middle of March and I hiked north with the seasons, but um, it's still winter down in Georgia and the mountains there. And uh, it's certainly uh, winter in Vermont in March. Um, and so the couple months leading up to it, I was you know, trying to run a little bit um, and trying to walk a lot, um, but you know, I probably didn't prepare as much as I should have. Uh, but I, you know, set a realistic expectation for myself of starting off with a slower pace and, um, you know, trying to make sure that uh, even though I had a time I wanted to complete it in, that it's better to do it and do it well than stress out about time and, and all that. Um, and the pack is huge. And one thing they say, especially on with all the trails and the AT, with all the elevation, especially is that you can prepare, but you just got to get out there and you just got to do it. And once you're out there, you got to be patient with yourself. And so I've got, a, I've, we've got a ton of questions that are pouring yeah, in right now. So awesome. There are, people are asking for clarification, 2,200 miles in four months. Is that, is that roughly what you did? Yeah. So it um, was 2189.8 miles. Not oh, that's not close to 2,200. No, not quite 2,200. Um, and, uh, it changes a little bit every year, actually, as the trail is, uh, rerouted, switchbacks go in for better erosion maintenance on peaks and all that. Um, and sure. they rerouted a big section of the trail down in North Carolina and Tennessee because of the forest fires back in 2016. Um, so it changes, but, um, it's called the 2000 miler club. If you, okay. you finish it. Because it's fluctuating. There's some there's some good questions here. I want to give everyone a chance. Yeah. yeah so so it's 2,200 miles. Uh, Chris is asking what the easiest stretch of the Appalachian Trail is. So, on paper, the flattest section is in Pennsylvania. However, Pennsylvania is notorious for rocks. But one thing to consider is you're going to be pushing yourself through those easy sections, or you're going to want to do that. So um, even if it, if it looks flat on the map, you're going to try to match the ability. So you'll do more miles that day, maybe, you know, or uh, so I think it all depends on your attitude um, for if you want to take it easy and or try to push yourself every day. But on paper, I think it was really Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey was nice and roaming hills. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you, so you do all this preparation and 
you, I'm sure, put a ton of research into your pack and stuff, and yeah. we can get into uh, gear in a little bit. I'm curious what 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 it was like when you finally. What was your first day like on the trail? How did you feel like when it finally happened after planning and training for so long? Well, it's kind of surreal because I, um, you know, started on March 13th, and my um, I worked on March 10th at a darn tough. So I flew down to Atlanta and stayed with a friend, drove me to the trail that Monday morning. And, um, but it was kind of a, you know, an excited giddiness of, I can't, you know, I can't believe I'm really doing this here I am. And I think, uh, you know, if I recall, I couldn't take a smile off my face because just the prospect of I'm going to be out here doing this, you know, is amazing. Yeah. We have a great question from uh, one of our uh, bigger fans, Barbzilla, who's awesome. <laughs> Barbzilla. So it says he must have lightened his pack, maybe. What were the essentials that he kept in his pack and or the items he found most useful on your journey? Oh, for sure. So everyone's pack starts off heavier and you can do hikes <laughs> before, but you always bring stuff you don't need. And you also bring what we call luxury items. What are those things that you really want out there? That book, that, uh, you know, maybe it's some music to listen to, something like that. Um, what was really difficult starting in March was my second and third night on the trail was, it was 15 degrees Fahrenheit at night, um, oh. which was... Um, That's cold. It, very cold. And it, it wasn't expected. <laughs> I expected 30s at night, uh, but you're going to be carrying in some of that winter stuff. And certainly by the time spring hit, by, you know, May, June, I was sending that stuff home and the pack felt great. Um, yeah. So, and similarly, people change out, you know, uh, a sleeping bag for a lighter one in the summer. Um, and uh, I found that I didn't need as many clothes as I thought for hiking in. So I had my hiking clothes, which were, you know, by the end, tattered and torn. And then um, I had my sleeping clothes, my no matter what happens, these clothes stay dry clothes. Uh, sure. I yeah. just have a, I have a business idea for us. Ooh. We should open up a thrift store on the Appalachian Trail. That's a that great idea. That swaps out and trades. You're done with your winter gear, trade it in. Oh, and right. just some well, summer I have a prop for you here. This is the shirt I wore every day for four months. Um, you have it? Yeah. And you can see. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is the back of the shirt from my pack straps. Um, and the thing was all torn up. I actually sewed it in a couple places um, as well. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, I'm not really going to wear that one again, but it's sentimental you for sure. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of, um, kind of piggybacking ahead. on Barbzilla's question. Um, name, if you can, name three things you learned about gear on the trail. Because yeah, you know, we all oh, know yeah. that we can, we can kind of have something in the office, we it's play nice. around with it, yep. and that yeah. kind of thing. But when you are out and walking around, you're actually using it under a variety of conditions. You'll figure out all sorts of different things that you didn't know. So I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's pretty common for people to um, you know 100 miles in, 200 miles in change stuff out. Um, and what's essential when you're, if you're planning a big hike, um, is go with what feels good. Uh, because there's probably always going to be a lighter pack, but if it's a good fitting pack, that means a whole lot more than if it's, if it weighs a little less or more than another sure. one. 
Um, and similarly, um, you're going to have a ton of people telling you, you know, try this pack. It worked wonders for me. And, you know, but it, it all comes down to preference. And that's especially with, with shoes. Shoes were so important and footwear were so important and your pack. Um, the three essentials or the three things you got to have um, in your pack, well, a pack, a sleeping bag, a tent. Those are the big sure. three, your, your heaviest items, typically, your biggest and heaviest. And you just got to do what works for you in the end. So, cool. We got a good question. We do have a good question. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to piggyback. So uh, Chris yeah. from our audience is asking uh, how many pairs of shoes you went through and what type. And I would love to also add on to that, talk, talk a little bit about your socks. Because I sure, think that... Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so shoes, I think five or six. Now, my first pair, um, I broke them in. I wore them for a couple months every day. Um, they were um, Vask inhalers, the most comfortable kind of lightweight backpacking boot. And I needed that boot because I had some snow down in the Smokies and other places, uh, which is, you know, you know, I needed that boot cut, not a trail runner. Uh, by the end, I was wearing sneakers uh, because, you know, you're, you're going to get them wet regardless. In Maine, you're fording through rivers that are chest high at times. And I just went with something lightweight and what was accessible. Um, and that's the other thing about gear, too, is when you need gear, you need it right away. So there's, you know, maybe right. there's that. You could call home to a loved one or you could call a company and say, hey, can you send me some? But those gear shops that you can hitchhike to or walk to off the trail, sometimes it just comes down to what they have. And right. those people, they know what they're doing. You know, it's, you know, it's going in there, trying something out and all good shoes. You know, if you're going to be walking every day, you got to put on that shoe. And if it's the right shoe, you know, there's, you know, there's a, a wider range, wide range of shoes out there. But if it's so right touch one, a little bit yeah. on your socks as well. That's sure, yeah, that's of course. Really, because I, that was one of the stories that really interested me when we when we met yeah, you in Vermont. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started off. I um, actually have one of my pairs here. I'm a, a props guy today. Um, so this is the Darn Tough Micro Crew Cushion, uh, which is uh, the our best selling and one of our most famous styles is our our, our 1466. And we took that 1466 and we put the Appalachian Trail Conservancy um, symbol on it. Now, these Whoa. are the guys who, um, who are going. Yeah. And this one um, kind of looks like this. And you can see the symbol right there. Uh, we donate a portion of the proceeds to the ATC, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. This is the group, the nonprofit um, and organizers who keep 2,200 miles of trails open and accessible to millions of people every year, you know, whether it's a small hike or not, um, or it's a full one like me. Anyway, this is um, one of two pairs I had um, that I traded back and forth on. Um, and about halfway through the trail, 900 miles in, in Shenandoah National Park, I pushed myself a little too hard and I um, got shin splints. Um, and that... Yeah, and that was just, um, I had gotten uh, traded out shoes. And so I pushed myself too hard without breaking in a new pair of shoes, as well as um, too many miles, you know? Um, so 
I, uh, I was in a lot of pain. I don't know if you guys have ever had shin splints. Uh, you know, it, it happens yeah. a lot with runners or hikers. And I never thought much of them when other people had them other than a bummer for them. But it's excruciating every step, you know. And we talked about the pain when we met you, and it yeah, was like, yeah. oh, didn't it? Say, it took you off for a couple of days, didn't it? It did. And I was luckily um, near some friends. Um, I, the northern part of Shenandoah, you can take the train in to D.C. So I actually took the train in for a little culture shock to Washington D.C. and stayed with a friend. And I called our head of design here, Lynn Feinson because one of my, well, I'll backstep. I called my friend, Anna, who's a, uh, a physical therapist, friend from college. I was like, what do I do here? You know, I have shin splints. And she's like, you're an idiot. Get off the trail for a couple of days. Ice, rest, stretch, repeat. Keep pushing yourself. <laughs> keep going, yeah. man. Yeah. And so she said, you're being stupid. You know, if you keep pushing this, you could turn into a, a, a stress fracture, et cetera. She said, I have some... Some of my clients who swear by compression socks too. And so I um, called Lynn, our head of design, and I said, do, do you have any? I know you'd talked about it for, we have some running ultralight compression socks. And she said, sure, I'll send them down. And so she was able to get them expedited to my friend in DC and a world of difference. It's still, you know, it didn't solve the problem of the shin splints but it was keeping circulation and enough um, support with these uh, their ultralight graduated compression socks, um, graduated okay. light compression. And um, yeah, so knee high over the calf uh, socks and they didn't really feel like they were doing much other than, okay, they're on my leg and whatnot. Uh, but then you'd roll down one and walk a little ways and that leg that you rolled it down on would start to uh, hurt a little bit. So like it was, it was great. And now I swear by them. You see a lot of people out there, um, you know, doing uh, ultra marathons in them and, uh, and, and hiking uh, long distances in them as well. Um, and so I ended up putting these guys, my, um, my micro crew cushion over them because those were a running sock, which you want a nice snug fit. So they're like ultra light. I know. Yeah, just, okay. Wait a <laughs> Tell us again slower so we can write it down. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah, so those, uh, one, those compression were running socks, so they're really thin, and I needed a little more cushioning for my feet, so I put these over them. Um, and uh, in the end, actually, we, um, I inspired a sock here at Darn Tough, which I'm pumped about, uh, which Are is they, our, Is it called the Owen? How, no, how well, much did you really... <laughs> Because if it's not, we really need to make some phone calls. Like a little clip art picture of his face on yeah. the socks. Yeah, we're calling it trail <laughs> legs. And, uh, you know, which is a term meaning like you get out there a couple weeks and after that you have your trail legs about you. Kind of like your sea legs, you know. Sure, sure. And, so there's uh, a really good question right now. I don't mean, yeah. to, I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you. I'm it. sorry. Yeah. So there's a question here from Jennifer that I think is pretty interesting. And it says, for a first timer, if you had any area of the trail that you would go back to and just spend additional time enjoying, where would that be? That's an awesome question. Yeah, I'm pretty into it. Yeah. Um, oh, man, there's so many spots. And, <laughs> you got to pick um, one on. I know. Um, the southern 
area around uh, North Carolina area into Tennessee, into the Smoky Mountains, was unbelievable. And Smoky Mountain National Park is certainly a treasure we have in this country. And I unfortunately was there when it was still winter, and it's you're up above 5,500 feet. So you Did you know that the Smoky Mountain National Park is our most visited national park? I do now. Surprise. Go on. <laughs> and, and, and back in late March, early April, not so so much, but it was, um, I didn't get any green there because I was hiking so early. So sure. I would go back and do it in uh, kind of summer or maybe get the foliage the, because it's gorgeous down there. And uh, I would go back and do Maine. Uh, which is the most rugged and wild state in a heartbeat as well. It's just so beautiful and true wilderness up there. Yeah. That's so great. Dusty's asking a question. I'm not, I'm going to paraphrase Dusty's question. And I, I want, I'm interested in knowing if you met any locals, not, not other people on the trail, but people as you were passing through, I remember you telling us a story about, was it tra trail, trail, treasure? Trail, no, like trail. Oh, huh? Yeah, trail magic and trail angels are two terms. Yeah, right. Yeah. Trail magic. Right, right. Explain those things. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of trail magic is when something happens, um, the idea that the trail provides, I guess I'll put it that way. Um, so people, out of the kindness of their heart, are giving to hikers to fuel our goals and our journey, which is just a you know beautiful thing. Um, and you know, it might be that cold soda or cold beer someone hiked out to the woods and put in a stream. So you go and you're walking and there's a stream and there's it's so cool. There's a soda there. Or you get to a road crossing and there was a guy cooking up omelets for hikers in Maine, oh. which was, yeah. And so, and then there was a, uh, some folks who one guy loaned me his car. Um, he was like, I was like, I need to hitch to town. He says, well, I'm going on a little, uh, day hike myself you want to take my car you'll probably catch up with me to give me the keys and i was like <laughs> that's, that's i know amazing. i know and i had one guy um well one uh, lady down in west virginia who right when my shin splints were still acting up a little bit took me in for the night um and uh then it was mother's day the next day and brought me to her mom's house uh she and her boyfriend got me to her mom's house and had ribs it was like, and, <laughs> and those people, yeah, those people are called trail angels, people who Super do cool. stuff out of the kindness, true hos hospitality, true compassion, and true uh, kindness. So we've got a question here from Russell, and it says his uh, son and himself will be pushing off from Springer on February 1st, 2019. At the start, did you miss or wish you had taken one item? Ooh. And thank you very much for the talk, he says. Russell, killer question. Ha, huh, yeah. Um, because it was so cold in uh, that first week, I would just throw a couple of those emergency blankets, you know, those ones that can fold up to sure. you know, the, yep. the astronaut blankets. And they, you see marathoners, when they finish the marathon, people will throw them on them to keep them warm. Uh, it doesn't weigh anything and it's great in an emergency or if it gets really cold, you know, they really work. Um, and awesome. that's, and as well as, 
uh, first aid kit. You know, it's uh, you'll get bruised up out there sometimes. And first aid and blankets. So Brett wants to know uh, about nature or wild animals that you ran into <laughs> on the trail. I remember yeah. you mentioned the story. Was it bears? You had some crazy bear story. Yeah. yeah. I um, I ran into a bear, not physically butting into the thing, <laughs> uh, but but practically. I um, it was a night I kind of blew past. Uh, I was in the zone, I guess, and I was hiked right past this water source. And my guidebook said, "Oh, the next one is like three miles from here." And I needed water for the night to cook and everything. But I said, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'll get there a little after dark. I have my headlamp. Um, and of course, that's the night you run into a bear. Uh, so, <laughs> but it was a black bear and uh, they're pretty, you know, skittish of people. Yeah. Uh, but they were, um, so I came around the corner of, towards the stream and there was the bear right there with five, 10 feet from me drinking water. And it was as shocked, as shocked as I was to see it. And it made this <gasps> like sound. It sounded like Scooby-Doo if he was a baritone. Um, and uh, it takes off. But of course, it takes down off in the direction I'm going to be hiking. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm walking right towards where the bear ran, you know. And so that was the fastest mile and a half to that campsite I've ever hiked the whole time I was tapping my trekking poles and talking out loud so the bear would know where I was so I wouldn't yeah, start away yeah. again. I saw a moose, I saw a possum, I saw a skunk that was like a breeze until the skunk passes moment, a couple porcupines, a uh, couple deer, uh, three more bears in Shenandoah, um, a uh, couple bear oh, cubs. Brad, with it. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> there was no lack yeah. of wildlife on the Appalachian Trail. Is that what I'm hearing? No, not at I, all. I have a question yeah. for you, Owen. Uh, a lot of times when, when you read about people that undertake these types of endeavors, you hear a lot about how much of it is a mental game to, yes. to kind of get through a challenge like this. And I'm curious about... Uh, what sorts of, what kinds of self-talk you used or how did you keep yourself inspired when things got really difficult? It is so easy on the trail to focus on negativity and we all do it, uh, but it's certainly day to day. Uh, you always have something out there to focus on that's bad, you know, or like, oh man, my feet hurt. Or if it's not your feet, your pack's too heavy. If it's, if your pack is light, then maybe uh, you're thirsty or too hungry. If it's not that, then uh, it's the weather, you know, or, and frankly, you know, when it's just you out there, it turns pretty quickly into a game of stick to itiveness and kind of uh, self-reflection and sometimes a little too much self-reflection. Um, and you need sure. to come to terms, yeah, come to terms with who you are and what you're out there. And little tricks I did was I would, if I started to feel that way or feel lonely or feel, uh, you know, sad or like, why am I out here? I would stop and just, I mean, it sounds corny, but I'd like count my blessings essentially. Like, yeah. How, how lucky am I and privileged am I that I can do this and I can be out here. Um, and those 
thoughts, you know, they, they kick in a couple hundred miles in because especially when you get like, wow, I've made it a hundred miles, you'll have 2,100 to go. And that Ugh. half, which is, you know, because especially when you're first getting into it, no matter how much you prepare, once you reach three, four weeks into the trail, you've been doing it enough where you figured out your system, your hiking system, your gear situation. And at that point, it totally turns into a, I'm physically there, I'm prepared to do it with my gear and have my supports all figured out. Now it's up here. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're right. there. Yeah. You've got the gear. You've been planning on it. Yeah. And you're yeah. there and you're, you're like, it sounds like you sort of need to, at some point, you, you kind of have to evolve into sort of an expert hiker. Otherwise, you're, something's going to break you and you're not going to finish. Right. And I think that there is certainly, um, it sometimes turns into people finding ways to, you know, entertain themselves. Sometimes, you know, you have little trail families, people you meet on the trail who then become sometimes your best friends for life. Um, and then sometimes it kind of turns into you playing little games with yourself. I, you know, would sing corny songs that I wrote to myself or stuff like that. And, uh, Do you have any of them you can perform right now? I would love to hear a song that you wrote. Well, you know, they are only truly sincere when, it, when it's just me. We'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. Um, good. Yeah. Let's chop the hook um, with that uh, answer. So a couple more questions. What about yeah. bugs or snakes? Were the bugs unbearable yeah. on the trail? Yeah. Or were they um, manageable? I, we'll, we'll start with snakes because I hit those first. Um, there are timber rattler snakes in uh, Pennsylvania um, oh. and uh, southern New Jersey. And I did, um, see, did see a couple of them. Um, but you luckily can hear them before you uh, see them because they blend in pretty well. And I had a, uh, a, a jump moment where I heard one and you just kind of stop and figure out where it is and you don't go any closer. Um, and you check under rocks and stuff if you're going to be taking a break on one. And, sure. um, I don't care what people say uh, about or what people think they've been through Nothing can prepare you for the mosquitoes in Maine. Nothing can prepare you. <laughs> and wow. So I, I grew up here in Vermont and you know I you know I went to Boy Scout camp with you know tons of mosquitoes and you know we have bugs here. Uh, but you get out there in the Maine woods and like some swampy areas and you stop to tie your shoe and you have 20 or 30 on you and it's it's unreal. And even if you have a closed tent, they still get in. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but <laughs> you know, they're, they're they just gnaw their way right through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And so I, everyone who I was meeting, who was doing the trail South, because once you hit kind of new England, you start to meet people who are doing it the other way. And they're like, Oh, the bugs are so bad. And we have time for two more questions. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So the one question that I want to ask is, um, actually, I have to know, did you end up with an Appalachian Trail nickname? Yeah, so everyone gets a trail name or should have a trail name. Uh, mine I actually carried over from when I did the long trail, uh, which was the nation's uh, first 
uh, long distance footpath that runs the length of Vermont from Mass to Canada. I did it with my best friend and uh, we ironically named each other uh, McGruff and Van Grizzle because we weren't <laughs> very tough at all and we wanted and to- which uh, are you? I'm Van Grizzle. And then we met some <laughs> guy, I won't go too into it, but I met this guy with a foam sword and he took a liking to us and he knighted me Sir Owen Van Grizzle, the Duke of Fairtown. So that's my full trail name. Um, that's amazing. I want that yeah. on a t-shirt. I, I want to be with a full sword. Yes. Yeah, and so um, the rule is you have to you have to get the name from someone else. So the cool. first little Van Grizzle came from my friend Ben. Again, ironically, because at the time I was eighteen, and Van Grizzle didn't really sum up who I was. Um, and uh, then Cyclops knighted me the rest. So yes, trail royalty here, uh, the Duke of Fairtown, yeah. Fantastic. I'm gonna yeah. give you a trail name, except yours is gonna be way weirder than that. Okay. And you're some, not gonna have any- Give it gonna, some time though. I'll, I'm gonna <laughs> let it marinate a little. And I'd, I'd love to get the last word here. So yeah. knowing what you know now, would you recommend that someone, someone goes through this same experience, that they hike the Appalachian Trail? And the second part to that question, would you do another 2,000 mile hike yourself? So to anyone who wants to do the trail, I would say I would give them the same uh, advice that we've talked about with reminding them of the mental game once you really get into it. And then you know, asking them why they want to do it and really make sure they're prepared. And uh, similarly, uh, making sure that uh, they hike their own hike, uh, which is something you hear a lot out on the trail. There are so many different people doing it for different reasons. And whether you're out there for a day or for months like I was, be out there for yourself or the people you're hiking with. And I think that's just, I know that's pretty broad, but you know, it's everyone should have their own goals and don't let other people tell you what you can or can't do you know stick to what you want to do and then and then would you do another 2000 miler um yes absolutely i would and um <laughs> i'm ho i'm hoping for another big trail i'm not in the next couple of years but definitely through my lifetime for sure it's so uh, there's nothing like being out there here that yeah. i want to show from your from your time on the trail and let me see if I can make these any bigger because this, this is the oh, best cool. way to do it. No, you can solo the pick. Oh, there we go. All right, so tell us what we're looking at here, Owen. Can you see the picture? Yeah, so that one was on Char um, Charlie's Bunyan, it's called. Um, it's down Did you say in the Charlie's Onion? Bunyan, Charlie's oh. Bunyan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that one's down in Smoky Mountain National Park and right past uh, Newfound Gap. And that one, um, someone took of me and he says, give me a dramatic pose when he was taking my photo. <laughs> I, you succeeded at that. And, you definitely uh, that, did. Oh, there I am. Um, you can see me in my uh, sneakers and compression socks there. Uh, just untraditional footwear. Um, and this was in the Saddlebacks in Maine. And still smiling, you know, 100 some days in. You know, it was uh, uh, a beautiful day, as you can see. Uh, so this we came upon this um these little stone benches 
um, a friend came um, and hiked with me. My best friend came um, for a few days and hiked down in Pennsylvania. This is miles from any civilization. And someone took the time out there to build these stone benches around this fireplace you in the middle of the woods. That picture, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably was. Um, <laughs> but, it, but yeah, it was. Oh, and there I am on um, Katahdin. That, that's the, the end of the trail in Baxter State Park in Maine. And it's a just, a, I can't even describe the finish of, uh, as a mountain itself, it's gorgeous and deserves, has a special place in Maine's heart as well. And that day was an emotional day for me. Um, awesome. Going up, awesome. I was just adrenaline and coming down, you're like, what am I going to do tomorrow? You know, it's, uh, you you work towards something for plan for six years and then you do it and then you've been out there and wow I couldn't believe it it was done yeah well personally speaking I, the first time we met you and you told your story to us we I thought it was really inspirational and yeah a little bit jealous that you had not only the the idea to do it but actually that you went through with it all right everything that you went through and it's truly inspiring and Appreciate the time you took with us today to share the story and your photos. And I'd be amiss if I didn't mention Darn Tough Socks, who both introduced us to you and your your you work for them. And yeah, awesome socks, awesome story. Thank really you. Really special company here. Thank you. And it's been yeah. a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. John. Thank you so much. And you have a great rest of your day. Tell everyone yeah, in Vermont too. that we say hi. Uh, certainly will, guys. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, Nick. Stay in the, we, there's a little waiting room. Hang, hang around. We'll chat with you after the show. Love that. Awesome. Thanks. Right. Yep. Holy smokes. That was that maybe one of the coolest things. That's so awesome. I'm really jealous. So if I you guys joined late, easily. Uh, apologize. You missed an awesome interview with Owen, who hiked the entire Appalachian Trail in four months. He's a hiking encyclopedia, basically. I kind of want to hang it. Maybe awesome. you can move into my office and whenever I need inspiration, <laughs> I can yeah. turn around and yeah. be like, could you tell me one of those stories again? Because I'm feeling a little down right now. There's always now. something to complain about, Nick. Yes. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Nick from 50 Campfires. Clint from 50 Campfires. You guys have a great rest of your week and weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Later. <laughs> well, hopefully you found Owen as interesting as we did when we first met him. And maybe he inspired you a little bit to get outside. Maybe you don't have to hike the entire Appalachian Trail in four months, but you should probably see it at least at some point. If you're looking for more tips, tricks, gear, and content in general, visit 50campfires.com. We'll see you back here real soon.